Welcome to Restoration Basics. This is the Preparatory Podcast. My name is Sam. My name is Andrew. And this is Jason Kane. I'm Brian McKitty. That's right. We have numero quattro with quattro. us tonight. B-Mac, as he is never called. <laughs> <laughs> we can start. <laughs> Starting tonight, we have uh, B-Mac, or a.k.a. Brian McKitty. Um, happy to have you with us. Thanks for having me. In the studio. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Um, we are picking up in the awesome book of, well, technically, we're in the Words of Mormon. Give you a brief explanation of what we're going to do as long as everybody's okay with that. We'll probably come back to the Words of Mormon when we get to the actual book, Book of Mormon, um, there because it, it really ties a nice niece a nice neat bow on um what mormon was doing when he was abridging so that works for everybody it works for us and uh we're done with the small books welcome to uh the book of mosiah which uh, a lot of things happen andrew's clapping because we are page wise a fourth of the way through uh the book of mormon so it's been it's been cool when we first started i didn't know if we'd even stick with it long enough to <laughs> i'm pleasantly surprised on how far we've come <laughs> so this if anything warrants minsky's pizza sometimes yes. we we had minsky's last week however andrew wasn't there so it doesn't actually count it, it as wasn't a, yeah it yeah. wasn't a, yeah it wasn't our reward pizza it was right. just it was regular old minsky's you know so yeah. brian every book we uh finish in the book of mormon we get minsky's so you okay. can you can join us for our next minsky's pizza party because <laughs> you are here for we technically just finished the words of mormon so <laughs> in like right. a few seconds we got it time to celebrate um give you a little historical background of what just happened amalekai handed the plates over to king benjamin who he says is a righteous king which kind of um shifts up the lineage a little bit we know that King Benjamin was a Nephite, but we don't really have his line and where where it comes from. Um, we know that he can trace his um, origins back to Lehi, but we don't know much more than that because as of this point, it's been following um, Jacob's uh, line, right? It's been uh, Nephi gives him to his brother Jacob, who gives him to his son, who gives him to his son, who gives him to his son, who gives him to his brother, who gives him to his son. Um, and so he hands them to King Benjamin, who he knows is a righteous king. And this is right after they've kind of split off from the other wicked Nephites. Um, they come in contact with the people of Zarahemla, who are later referred to as Mulekites or the people of, of Mulek. They've uh, joined together and made Mosiah their ruler, who had a son, Benjamin, who's now their ruler, and that catches us all up. Another note, I guess, is that uh, the year is, they kind of estimate, is 250 years before Christ. So, just to give you a time frame, Lehi left around 600 before um, Nebuchadnezzar comes in and destroys Jerusalem. So, this is a good uh, 350 years after Lehi. And uh, this is our third time recording the podcast. So if I have these facts quick, it's not because I'm smart. It's because we went through them. It's eight generations, right? That's what we figured. Right. <laughs> right. Since uh, Lehi's left Jerusalem. Um, 
the first verse that stuck out to me is is this, and I'll give you some backstory on, on this to set it up. King Benjamin is getting old. He's about to die, and so he needs to confer the kingdom on his son, Mosiah. So he calls him to, to talk, and he says, uh, hey, get the people together because I'm going to give a speech. He, he tells his son, get the people together because tomorrow I'm going to tell them that you're the king, that you're the, you're the next in line. He also says this in verse 17. He says, I shall give this people a name that thereby they may distinguish above that they may be distinguished above all the people. And he qualifies it as which the Lord God hath brought out of the land of Jerusalem. But just going off that that idea, he's setting he's setting the stage um, for this major reveal, I guess. You had Nephi, who had a very, very strong testimony of Jesus Christ, who had seen him in a vision, who had seen Mary and, and the baby Christ. And um, and then his brother, uh, you had Jacob, who was ministered to by angels and was told about Jesus. And, and we know because we covered that in, in the book of Jacob, how powerful his testimony was of, of Christ. And then you have Enos, who is told uh, by the voice of God that, um, Jesus Christ is the reason for his remission of sins. And, and so that's his testimony of Jesus. And I don't want to diminish anybody's testimony because I think you can do a lot with, with the experience God gives you, uh, but you see it kind of watered down. You go from a vision to being told by an angel to just hearing the, the voice of the Lord. And so add in five more generations, you have a people that don't necessarily know or have as strong a testimony as Jesus. Um, so I really like that teaser that King Benjamin gives. I know, Andrew, you had had something, and I guess that that's after uh, Mosiah has gone and he's gathered the people together. So I'll let you take over. Yeah, and just going back really fast, you can see the the watered down testimony. I kind as you kind of referred to it as in the in the way that Omni was written, especially. And we talked about this when we did the the episode on the book, but. It just seemed like they were, oh, we're just doing this because our dads told us so. And, and that's like where the people are at this moment. And so that's, I mean, kind of important to know when when he starts off this speech. In 22 and 23, he says, okay, so I just gave you this charge according, referencing the kingdom. Now, uh, 23, I'm going to give you a charge about the plates of brass. And so it kind of switches to more of a, just a general spiritual blessing i guess for everybody well um, for sorry for mosiah i set you up wrong he mosiah gathers gathers the people in uh 27 so he's just king benjamin's just talking to mosiah here yeah sorry i i just met mosiah or his son um anyway skipping down to 30 which was my note uh 29 and 30 i just liked seeing the people prepare it's really easy it, it's been very common for us to talk about because of the times we we're in and the calamity of the world and the state of everything, you know, um, to talk about preparation um, at CPRS, the school theme this year is be prepared. And uh, so that's, that's just been on my mind recently. And so to see, and I guess as we were talking about before the the podcast, even Jason, your, your last sermon was about that. It's kind of, kind of cool to see what the people were doing to prepare for this and stuff. And so anyway, it, preparation just isn't a new thing. It's it's always been there and always has it. Everybody knows this. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. And preparation isn't just for like 
you know, the end times, get all your canned food and stockpile things. All your guns. Yeah. Get those guns. (laughs) Now, um, it's definitely more about the, the spiritual side of preparation is far more important than, you know, stockpiling our food. It's being ready to be a witness for Christ every day of your life. And if you are prepared, that means you are in the spirit, you're reading his word, you're in tune with God. And that means that you will, if you're in tune with God, you will come across opportunities to serve him, serve others. And we'll see later that that's the same thing, basically. So preparing your heart is important. And when you have a prepared heart, then God will use it is basically what I'm just trying to say. I think uh, I saw, I'm just going to piggyback off of you. Um, King Benjamin obviously had that servant's heart. Um, and, and we know that from his, his sermon that he gives here. I have in my, my studying, I guess I call it the King Benjamin method of, of witnessing. And it's there in, it starts actually in, in verse uh, 42. So King Benjamin is giving his people um, instruction, but he qualifies himself for for being the teacher that he is, and he gives them a bit of a, a foundation. So if they kind of resist, he's going to say, "No, this is this is how I did it." And and Jason, you did you spoke well about that being the spiritual preparation being more in you know the vitals. Um, but what does the spiritual preparation lead us to do? It leads us to serve others and it leads, leads us to, to reach people. And sometimes people have the less important things as their first priority. And I think King Benjamin does that really quickly, just because we could do little sermon, we could do whole sermons oh, on yeah. just little parts of his, his sermon. And I have to imagine that when, you know, he got all the people together. So I know this was longer than Mormon abridged it to. I am sure it, it took hours. So, <laughs> so I know we could preach whole sermons on little, little topics, but um, starting in verse 42, he qualifies um, it and he starts off um, with the service that he gave his people. So he says he served his people with all the might, mind and strength that the Lord gave unto him. Um, he spent his days in their service and he wasn't seeking after riches. Um, so he says, first, I'm serving you. Then in, in 44, he talks about how kind he was. Um, he says, I have suffered, I, I have suffered that you should, um, neither have I suffered that you should be confined in dungeons, nor that you should make slaves of one another, um, nor that you should murder. So he's giving them real things that they can they can latch on to or real to them and then he gets to the meat um there in in 45 or the the real tip of the spear he says um i i haven't taught you in wickedness um i've taught you that you should keep the commandments of the lord in all things which he hath commanded you and the reason i think that that's important is because if he had taught them the, the commandments but he wasn't kind or if he didn't serve them, if he wasn't going through the same struggles that they were going through, the commandments just wouldn't have mattered to his people. They, I mean, right? If if you're starving, if you can't eat, 
Um, why would, why should you care about this, this stranger who's eating well in his palace, um, telling you how to live your life when you're like, Hey, I'm just trying to feed my kids. <laughs> and so to me that, that King Benjamin method is really meeting the people with they, where they are serving them in any way, being kind to them. And then it is, it is more important that eternal life aspect. I'm so important. But if you really want it to come across well, if you want them to to know that you care, then you have to do, there's some steps that you can take beforehand. And there's a big qualifier that he comes with afterwards. He, in verse 47, he says, Yet my brother and I have not done these things that I might boast. Neither do I tell you that thereby I might accuse you, but I tell you these things that you may know that I can answer with a clear conscience before God. So it's like, He's not even doing it for his own glory. He's just, it's almost the fear of God that is leading him to do this. He's like, I'm trying to do my best so I can just know that God will be proud of me. <laughs> you know, he's, it's not to be proud of himself. He, he doesn't care about the glory of man. He doesn't care about his own pride. He's just worried about what God thinks. Yeah. And uh, he gives us a, um, a, I don't know if you call it a soundbite or a clip, uh, a verse that is so that sums up discipleship so well. In verse forty-nine, there it says, uh, "When ye are in the service of your fellow beings, ye are only in the service of your God." Um, it goes back to, you know, Jesus. Well, forward to because <laughs> this is before Christ, but Jesus saying, "If you love me, feed my sheep. Not only feed them spiritual food, but give to the poor. You know, take care of." those that have less than you give your give of your money and your substance and to those build to the efforts of building up the kingdom and king benjamin i guess is is known specifically for his his service when you talk to people who who have read the book of mormon this this verse just the verbiage of it kind of hit me just now you're in the service of your fellow when you are in the service of your fellow beings you're only in the service of your god and that word only has never hit me before but it it made me think of David after he had sinned with Bathsheba and he says against the only have I sinned and I don't know it just seems like they they had both learned that lesson in very different ways David through trial and error I guess and uh here by by being faithful they both learned the lesson that that life is about God period like nothing else and and only God and and our relationship with him is the only one that matters. And I don't, I don't know. I just never made that connection before, but you're only in the service of your God. That's kind of cool. Jason, did you have a chance? I was going to ask Brent, but were you on the caravan where we went to Illinois and North Carolina? I was not. Okay. Well, Andrew and Brian and I were, and we had a, one of our service projects was in Chicago. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. But just right in the sketchy neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. And we were sent to um, just pick up trash, right? Yeah, just pick, yeah, pick up trash. And they gave us gloves and... Uh, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> I think we picked up multiple needle heroin. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're heroin, but needles and... Uh, yeah. Um, I don't remember picking up needles, but... There, there's some... I remember you guys yeah, saying probably. stuff. Yeah. There's... You just... You know... But walking down that those streets, just picking up trash, 
I don't think anyone was really excited <laughs> excited to be in that part of yeah. part of town. And even the people that um, that we that we met, some of them were like, "Oh, don't even bother." They were like, "It's just going to get dirty again." Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> but but I think that shows uh, you know they were able to be like, "Okay, what what is there a bunch of kids doing in this part of Chicago?" picking up trash like what's what's the deal there but it gave us a it gave us an avenue to to witness and say hey this is what we're about actually right because even in that situation when we're picking up trash that's the in the service of god which is what caravan was about our theme that year was jesus <laughs> what a good it? theme yeah <laughs> <laughs> really seriously seriously yeah it was Jesus, seriously, right? Oh, oh yeah, seriously. And yeah. Uh, the the whole point of that was that we can have a fancy theme. We can have a we can have a you know you can have a long by faith mountains are moved type theme or, so, or something like that, which I think was our theme the <laughs> the year before yeah. by faith. Um, but then it all just boiled down to Jesus. Like that's what it was. When you're in the service of of your fellow beings, you're in the service of your God. Um, which is what Jesus was about. Seriously. Um, I, my next note is in a, we could, we could talk a lot. I'm sure that we'll, we'll cover these topics further in the book of Mormon. Um, I'll, I'll probably say that till Moroni 10. Be like, <laughs> oh, we'll probably get to this. We could always talk more about it. My next note is in, in 77 and he's continuing to preach to his people Andrew and I were on a home visit last night and there was a quote that I read this verse and it immediately stuck out to me. Uh, the, just the beginning of the, of the, the verse, it says to render to him all that you have and are the quote that I don't know if it was his quote or, or whose, but it was, is God a part of your life or is your life his meaning that Andrew had a really good way of explaining this, but is, is he just taking up 30% of your life or is he, everything you're about you know mm-hmm. what was the word you or not word what was the term you gave god just kind of well i i said not not give god but sure yeah, yeah. like <laughs> we we were talking about this and i said i was talking about a time in my life in which god was taking up more and more parts of my life and got to the point where i was happy with him being no dare I say 55%. And I was like, wow, he's a majority shareholder. <laughs> he's the one that calls all the shots, you know, but Big money. The, still that's not enough. Like my life needed to be his. And so there's a, a shift that needed to happen. It still probably does. Brian, while I, we've got you here, can I ask you what, um, how God has worked in your life and, and maybe a testimony you have of, of Jesus or just an experience or a time you've been in the service of fellow beans? Uh, yeah. Fellow beans. Yeah. <laughs> fellow beans. Garbanzo. <laughs> Pintos. Yeah. Uh, I, I have been thinking about this one experience that I had. I was able to share with someone, an employee, uh, at my job. I work at Walmart and, uh, I think it was like a couple of years ago, like maybe like four years ago. I was a lot younger. But uh, he's he's a really nice guy, and he's going through a lot. And I had just like clocked out, and I was just 
uh, walking to my car and it was really late or it wasn't really late, but it was just like 10 o'clock. But when you're in ghetto Mart, it's pretty late. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, <too> late. <laughs> yeah. So I've just got my earbuds in. I'm trying to get to my car before someone jumps out at me. But, <laughs> but then uh, I see this guy, I forget his name, but he, he comes up and he asks me for, he asked me for a ride and I'm just kind of hesitant to give him a ride. Cause I, I, I mean, I don't really know him, but I know he's a nice guy, uh, but he just keeps pushing me and I'm just like, well, how hard can it be to get, he, he just wants to get to a gas station across the street. So I'm like, well, I know he's a nice guy and he's not going to manipulate me into something. I, I at least, I was a lot younger and more naive, but, uh, I, so I just said, okay, just don't smoke or anything. So <laughs> we got in my car and he, he started talking about all of his problems. I, I remember, uh, I can't remember what his problems were, but I remember them being a lot. And he, uh, we started talking about being in the Catholic church and being uh, more distant from God and stuff. And we were getting closer and closer to the, to the gas station or whatever, where he was going to get, I, I was, I was assuming he might was going to be getting alcohol. And if he had got alcohol, me being underage, I didn't want to be driving around with him. <laughs> so I would just leave him there and go back and just go home from there. But so eventually on the way there, I was just sharing him like my experiences or, or just like what the churches and stuff. And we, we had just had a conversation about God and I thought that was pretty cool. And when we were just parked outside the, the liquor store and we said a prayer together and I'd never done that with anyone before. And yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And he didn't go inside actually, I think. And he just went back to Walmart and then I went home and never told anyone that, but I thought that was a cool experience. At least I never gone out of my way to yeah. really share with anyone. And I don't know. Yeah. It's just small experiences like that where you don't know who you could reach out to. That's cool that uh, he, uh, I don't know, something changed that he didn't go in or, you know, he just. Yeah. Yeah. You never know like what one small interaction can yeah impact on someone. Even if they go back to their normal lives, you know, the next hour, they still have that little thing in the back of their head because you, you still remember it. And I'm sure he still remembers it. So he, if he's you know feeling distant from God, maybe he can harken back on to. You know, that, that one guy at Walmart who... <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his name, but yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy. I had this thought today of when we were up in up in the Northwest, they um, lovingly called us the young missionaries. Just, I don't know why. I mean, but, and I never necessarily want to be called out. Even if it's a good thing, I, I kind of like to fly under the radar. But that just that experience, I was thinking about it today. I was like, you know... You don't really get to choose whether or not you're a you're a missionary. You get just get to choose what mission you're embarking on or you represent. And uh, you see that with like when you when you gave him a ride and you talked to him that you know you could have talked about a lot of things. You could have you could have not talked at all. You could have just been like, "Well, I'll be a missionary for." Well, we both like Star Wars, so we can talk about <laughs> we can talk about Star Wars or the upcoming movie and. But and that's what you would have been a missionary for is is the greatness of Star Wars. But you weren't. You were a, a missionary for for God and and Jesus. And and I think that's it's just cool to be a little piece in in the the puzzle that God is piecing together. And and you always want 
you know, you should always be striving to be a bigger piece or not a bigger piece maybe, but to, to take part in that work as much as you can. But because once you get a little taste of it, it gets easier and it gets enjoyable. And then you start realizing the good things he's done in your life and, and how good God truly is. That's, I'm just <laughs> that's all folks. Um, um, I, I'd like to share a testimony because coming up next on my next note, King Benjamin gives us, he told his son, Mosiah, he said, I'm going to give the people the na- a name tomorrow, that which they may be distinguished above all, all people. I'm going to share a testimony. I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast before. I've shared it in a lot of sermons. So if you've heard me preach, you, you may have heard this before. In 2016, I had the opportunity to be a part of the Book of Mormon Internship Foundation. And um, part of what the internship does is they go on a trip and it's a six week program. Five of those, you know, four and a half of those weeks are here in, in Missouri or the surrounding areas to nearby branches and classes here in Independence. And then 10 days is usually spent either in Belize down in Central America or in New York for the pageant that the LDS church puts on. And it's actually a really fantastic production. Next year is their last year. This year was going to be their last year. But due to COVID, I think they pushed it back and said, we'll do it next year, 2021. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're listening to this in 2020 or spring of 2021, you might want to look at dates because it'll be the last time. Anyway, what happens in uh, Palmyra um, is... <laughs> Sorry, that was awkward. <laughs> I was I was thinking what happens in Palmyra stays in Palmyra, but and then I looked at you and you looked like you were about to say it, and I was like, odd oh, that we both had that thought. But then I realized you probably did not have that thought at all. <laughs> not at all. I was just looking at Jason. Uh, so what happens in Palmyra is next to the pageant, right across the street, there are protesters, and they have picket signs and megaphones, and they yell across the, the street trying to get people to investigate their their websites that they have and it's really anti-mormon anti-book of mormon anti-joseph smith just a whole whole ordeal it's pretty loud they're they're fairly respectful in terms of not trespassing or anything like that and and once the pageant starts you don't even hear them but anyway they're there and as interns it's our job to talk to them to witness to them and they they don't send you in blind they give you a class but a testimony about Jesus also has to be a testimony sometimes about our own shortcomings. And that, in that regard, that's my, my part um, of being a bad student. So we had Bob Bobbitt come in. He, talked, he taught a class on witnessing to evangelicals. And he, he has it set out great. It's got 13 steps. And, and you should be able to walk across these bridges with people, these 13 steps. And wherever they are, they should be able to at least understand where you're coming from. That way you're not going in blind and, and they're firing all their rockets at you and you're just firing all your answers, you know, or questions at them. And, and, and it seeks to really witness in a way that could, it could, could bring them to a knowledge of the truth. And the first thing you do is you always establish a common Jesus. Because if they know that you believe in Jesus, then really, what's their problem? <laughs> what's their problem? But that's the first step. And you have to do that by using a verse from the Book of Mormon, because they'll question the Book of Mormon and, and what it says, and they have a lot of ideas about what we believe. Some of that is due in part to what the LDS believes, but, but 
we don't have to defend that part. We just have to defend um, the Book of Mormon. So anyway, I got out of the van and they send us two by two. And, and so me and uh, my buddy, Jared, we got out and we approached this guy whose name was Jim. And Jim had a picket sign that said Joseph Smith's myth. And uh, he had a megaphone and he was yelling over the street. And uh, we got up to him and we said, hey, uh, can we talk to you? And they're very respectful because they're trying to, in, in their eyes, they're trying to save people, right? So they, they actually, most of them want to talk to you. Some people, some of them are not nice. Some of them will yell at you no matter what and just yell, you're going to hell over and over and over and over again. But Jim didn't. He said, yeah, of course. So he put down his sign. And he put he down didn't his, yell it. He, he just... didn't yell it. No, he, he did say it. But he, <laughs> Angie's running ahead of me. I just, they've heard this testimony so many times. One of our friends... You just never said it that way, so I just had to... Yeah. You know? <laughs> One of our friends likes to go hear us preach, and then afterwards he... Or beforehand, he tries to figure out where we're going to plug the same testimonies that we've told before, and he'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I haven't heard you put it in that way or whatever. <laughs> so, they've all heard this testimony. But So, he put down his picket sign, and he, he said, I'm Jim. So, we talked to him. The first real thing that he said of substance, like Angie, like Angie said, was... You guys are damned to hell. And uh, it's not an easy way to start a conversation, but we embarked further. And uh, he had some questions and, and we gave him answers, but none of them were really like, they they weren't sufficient for him. And so we have questions, but his answers weren't really sufficient for us. And it was just, you know, we can see where he's coming from, but he wasn't, we weren't connecting. Um, so I looked at Jim and I said, well, I, I know, well, I thought this, I said, I know that there's, there's steps and we haven't followed the steps. So let's start with the common Jesus. I said, Jim, can I read you a scripture? He said, yeah, of course. Jim's book of Mormon. He had a book of Mormon there. Um, it was more highlighted than I've seen some priesthood members. He was not just blindly going there. He, he had studied, he had tried to connect the dots where he thought they were. And he was adamant, right? He was ready to destroy any evidence we had if he, if he could, so I'd like to read you a scripture out of the Book of Mormon. He said, "Yeah, sure, that'd be that'd be great." And then I looked at, uh, or I realized that I had no idea where the scripture was where I established a common Jesus. And I looked at Jared, and Jared didn't have any idea either. And so he was kind of looking at me uh, with a blank, a blank stare, like, oh, "You got yourself into this. I don't know how we're going to rescue it because it was it wasn't a good witness necessarily before, and now it's a really bad witness if you don't even know the scripture." Um, but I just said a prayer, and I opened. Um, my three in one that I've got right here. I thought the scripture was in second Nephi. Um, and so it opened to the book of Mosiah and I went to turn the page, but then I looked down and, and non not highlighted, not marked, not anything, just the regular verses. Um, I looked down and I saw, um, the verse that I was looking for. Um, it's in Mosiah 97 and, or one chapter one 97. Um, and it's King Benjamin giving his people the name and and the reason for what they're doing. He says, Behold, the time cometh and is not far distant, that the power, that with power, the Lord omnipotent, who reigneth, who was and is from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men, and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay, and shall go forth amongst men, working mighty miracles, such as healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the lame to walk, the blind to receive their sight and the deaf to hear and curing all manner of diseases. It says in, in 100, And lo, he shall suffer temptations and pain of body, hunger, thirst, and fatigue. 
even more than man can suffer, except it be unto death. For behold, blood cometh from every poor, so great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and the abominations of his people. And he shall be called Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the creator of all things from the beginning. And his mother shall be called Mary. And I and I finished that um, scripture passage, I guess, and, and Jim said, hmm, that's a, that's a pretty good scripture. From then on, uh, the conversation went a lot smoother. And uh, we didn't convert Jim. He didn't ask for baptism. Um, but one of the cool things was when, when we ended our conversation, which had started with, you guys are damned to hell, he said, uh, you know what? I think you guys are saved. Um, I said, all right, thanks, Jim. <laughs> so when if I die and I'm standing before God, he says, well, I'll tell him, hey, Jim said I was good to go. <laughs> Jim said I was good to go. Not sure if that'll fly. But um, Jim might have some say up there. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> um, not as much say as Jesus, which that's is true. what matters. But uh, but just that that testament. That's my testimony of the Book of Mormon, right? When it when it was put up against the wall or or a hammer came down on it, it withstood the blow fine, like an anvil. It was solid, and um, nothing wore it out. It was put to the test. I think it's so cool that this this book has a testimony of Jesus that starts from the very beginning of the pages and goes to the very end. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. That is the testimony of the Book of Mormon. Seriously. Boom. Seriously, seriously, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, a another note, but feel free to jump in because I've talked a lot. I've shared a testimony, but what do you guys think? Uh, do you guys have any thoughts before I... I have another thought, but it's not for a few verses later. Just very shortly in one fourteen, and even if it were possible that little children could sin, they could not be saved. They, but I say unto you, they are blessed. He just he kind of just touches on a subject that is like thought by a lot of people. It's a big question people have because, especially a while ago, when a child died and they hadn't been baptized yet. Uh, Christianity thought they were in hell. And I mean, that was one of the, the big differences. And looking back, you look at the Book of Mormon and you think, well, there's this this perspective change and this perspective change. But you, I don't often think about this. And this is really important is that uh, little children are, are pure in the eyes of God. And which totally makes sense. I mean, like and when Jesus was here on the earth, he blessed kids, blessed children and said that the kingdom of God is like a little child, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. all of these different things. But uh, anyway, I, it says it very plainly in the Book of Mormon, which is one of those things that a lot of people appreciate about the Book of Mormon, that it says stuff plainly like yeah. this. Yeah, the Book of Mormon has a lot of straightforward answers like that. And I, I was actually talking about this um, with my wife, Amanda, like this past week about children who unfortunately die before they really get to live on earth and it just would make zero sense for the reasons you said for them to go to hell but even more so it it puts someone's salvation in the hands of man it it's saying that god and christ's atonement doesn't count for someone and so it what actually matters is one, if their parents were one Christian and two believed in infant baptism 
and then they're if we saved. don't come fast enough yeah. too. Like if they die right when they come exactly. out. Exactly. Exactly. And so that is putting someone's whole salvation in the hands of man and that is not it it, it ain't it coach. But <laughs> I don't remember which scripture it is but it says somewhere that says it's evil to think that uh a children uh, a child would die and go to hell like it's an evil thought to think that uh, i i don't remember where it is but i've read that it's in there somewhere <laughs> i know moroni talks about <laughs> it sorry go ahead that that's just something that you get with the book of mormon is some plain answers to debates that we still have today and to me when we get an answer like this that's so straightforward makes complete sense it just is another proof to me that the Book of Mormon is real and that when you seek answers in the Book of Mormon, you can count on those bringing you, you know, closer to God and a more perfect knowledge of him. Um, Mor- Mormon talks about it in Moroni 8. He's writing a letter to his son in uh, Moroni. And Moroni um, felt impressed by the Spirit to add it into the uh, into the book. Mormon describes it as a as a gross error that should be removed from among you. And he says that he had that question and he brought it to the Lord. And the Lord said, uh, I came into the world not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The whole need no physician, but they who are sick. Wherefore, little children are whole, for they are not capable of committing sin. Wherefore, the curse of Adam is taken from them in me, that it hath no power over them. The law of circumcision is done away in me. And uh, it Mormon then goes on to say, I know that it's solemn mockery before God that you should baptize little children. So just reinforcing that idea again. Um, yeah. And, and our friends over at the Restored Gospel Podcast did a episode on the phrase broken and contrite. And Corey goes into how the original Hebrew of that phrase in English could be best described as innocence of a child basically like i'm super paraphrasing what he said but basically that's what it comes down to and when we have a broken and contrite spirit then that's what is going to bring us zionic conditions bring zion if that's what it takes then (laughs) children have to be innocent you know i i like this verse here um this is a completely different topic but I think it it's a, almost a little bit of a meme question that I've seen that it kind of attacks the theology or our beliefs. And it's got a really easy answer. It says uh, here in verse um, 106, it says, talking about Jesus, his blood atoneth for the sins of those who have fallen by the transgression of Adam, who have died not knowing the will of God, or who have ignorantly sinned. But woe, woe, woe unto him who knoweth that he rebelleth against God, for salvation cometh to none, except he through except it be through repentance and faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. And people will say, "Well, if it's okay if you're ignorantly sinning, why why did you tell me about Jesus then? Because now that I know, I'm in danger of going to hell." Right? That's a. I've seen people that have argued that. So, Brian, why would you tell them about Jesus if once they know about Jesus, they're responsible? All right. <laughs> Well, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what uh, uh, some people actually just feel that way. It's like, you know, why? 
I don't know. Well, we- it harkens back to something we've said on this podcast a lot, something I say a lot, and it's that a righteous life following the commandments of God is a better life no matter what. And I always throw in the qualifier is it doesn't mean it's an easier life, but it is a better life. Well, I agree with that. And King Benjamin agrees with you that because in the next verse over, he tells you exactly why, why you should do. Um, he says that I'm starting halfway through. It says, whosoever should believe that Christ should come, the same might receive remission of their sins and rejoice with exceeding great joy, even as though he had already come among them. And so it's like, yeah, if you die and you weren't aware of your sin, um, you'll be, you'll be taught, you'll, you'll be covered. Um, and, and you'll be able to learn about the atonement that Jesus has made for you. But why wait? Like if you have a chance to have this joyful reunion here in this life to live with him right now, then that's why you should, right? It's not necessarily because, you know, you want them to, (laughs) to know, so they're not ignorant anymore, but it's, well, in a way, sorry, not that, uh, you want them to not be ignorant because once they're ignorant, they can see a greater joy than they ever would have got without it. And pretty much what you guys are saying is verse 88 And moreover, I would desire that you should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. And uh, that, I mean, that kind of sums it up pretty well. But then my answer, I guess I had seen a little bit earlier. uh, This is skipping forward, but we can skip back if you guys want, want to. But 121 says, I say unto you that the time shall come that the knowledge of the Savior shall spread throughout every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And... Then it goes on to talk about little children are found blameless and people who have repentance and faith on the name of the Lord God omnipotent are also found fine or faithful, I guess. But uh, anyway, uh, like why should we share about Jesus? Well, they're going to know eventually. So why not get them now so they can be happier for longer? Yeah, I have kind of a testimony that relates to this. And the way I'm probably going to frame it might sound like I'm really judgy. But I mean it in a, I wish these people had a better life. And I shared this in my last sermon, but a few, uh, about a month ago, me and Amanda, and um, we've been helping lead the Zions League at South Chrysler. And we went on a trip to Oklahoma. And on that trip, we took uh, uh, 14 high schoolers on a float trip. We didn't really research the float or anything ahead of time. And when we get there, we get out on our canoes and we just see an endless stream of these nine man floats that, you know, you just float down the river and you can kind of have coolers and you know, party on them. And there are so many of these that like literally thousands of people, I'm not over exaggerating on this eight mile stretch of this river. And we're going through and we're wearing all the same t-shirt and the t-shirt just simply says priorities number one god's kingdom number two everything else and we're going through and literally all around us are these people just partying drinking smoking smoking multiple different things they're floating they're getting in the way of all the canoes they're they can't control their float really People are 
swimming in the river and not paying attention to the boats that literally could hit them. And we actually did hit some people who were just like underwater and it it was just crazy. And all these people are just floating aimlessly down this river. And when we're there and we're focused on Christ and there's a lot of, you know, different ways I could make an analogy with this whole thing. But the reason I share it now is we just look at these people who are chasing after happiness. Like they truly are. They think they're having the best time and they're not going to remember it the next day because they're just plastered by noon. And it was honestly very sad to see because some of these people are like in their fifties and they're just all about party and having fun. And it really doesn't look fun. And it, it honestly looks sad. And it, it seems judgy for me to say that, but when you truly feel the love of God and the joy that and happiness that King Benjamin's talking about, that stuff is just kind of hollow. And you can just tell, like, they're floating down this river with no direction. And I'm sure some of those are great people that have good jobs and stuff, and they're just having a weekend away. But still, it just seems like they're aimlessly floating, looking for direction, and they can't find it in a round little floaty tube that's circling around a river. Down the river of life. Yeah. But you had you had a, a an object lesson that you could share then with through that with the your Zion's League right and they responded yeah and, and that that was the awesome thing like when we were there basically just to give a better representation of what the river was like it was literally like Mardi Gras on a river and you know you got sexual immorality going on and um, you know substance abuse of all kinds and loud music and people yelling at us yelling at each other and we were able to you know kind of just show the kids like this is the world we live in and also this is kind of like the great and spacious building and us trying to walk holding fast the rod of iron and squeezing through this narrow path and they really they all we didn't even have to tell them that they they got it as soon as it was happening but it was just a really good way for us to kind of safely expose these kids to the world out there and really just show how kind of sad it is. But that's why you do share the gospel with those people is they might be having fun in their ignorance, but there actually was some people out there who after seeing us were kind of ashamed of themselves because they're like, Hey, you're you're a Christian group. Uh, We're Christians too, but we don't really seem like it, do we? And it's like, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, like that's why you share the gospel is because these people just don't realize the joy that you actually can have. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, it's hard to convey how how turned up to 11 um, everything is, whether that be the joy that you can experience through having a relationship with Jesus, if you, if you talk about the the greatness and the perfectness of, of God and what he He calls us to and that standard that um, that we're judged against almost, but but then on also the flip side, the grace that, that uh, is offered to us. I didn't have any other notes. I think that 
is a good place to to wrap up. That's not true. I'm sorry. 116. Now we're just jumping all over here, this last page. Um, to me, he ties up this, this thing that he said in the beginning of the chapter about the one name. He says, I say unto you that there shall be no other name given, no other way nor means whereby salvation can come unto the children of men, only in and through the name of Christ, the Lord Omnipotent. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we wrap it up? Brian, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Brian, thanks for uh, for uh, being here. Andrew, thanks for being here. Thanks. Hey, guys, thanks, thanks. for coming over to my office. <laughs> hey, Jason, thank you for letting me over here. You're welcome. Anytime, guys. That's not true. Andrew. Anytime? Oh. <laughs> Thanks for coming over to Jason's, Andrew. All right, God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, and God bless.